So yesterday we spoke about uh, perseverance and the need to continue, the need to push on, the need to, to dig deeper, uh, even amidst failure, even amidst uh, adversity, uh, even amidst our own failures, you know, so to persevere. And I was just thinking uh, this morning that perseverance, the idea of, of pushing on, the idea of, we have a little friend here this morning, uh, flying around our little sanctuary, hopefully it's a sign of the Holy Spirit. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the, only, the idea of pushing on only makes sense if we have something to push on to. Now that might sound kind of obvious, but like if, if, our, if we're kind of happy where we are in our spiritual life and then that's kind of it, then perseverance isn't really necessary because just, just stay doing what you're doing or just, you're fine as you are. Perseverance only makes sense if, if we have a goal which is further ahead like from where we are because then it implies there's there's still somewhere to go. There's still something to do. If we're stuck where we are, then we don't need perseverance. But if we're going to improve, if we're going to become the saints God is calling us to be, then we're going to have to push forward. Uh, which also means, as um, many a Disney movie would say, it means pushing into the unknown. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. <laughs> right? It means pushing into the unknown, into, into what we don't know, into something that's unknown, unfamiliar, not here, or not this, or not this, not where we are here. It, it implies going somewhere else. And this is, as I've said this a million times here, so apologies for the repetition. But like, typically in, in Ireland, we often look at just the exteriors of the faith and then say, tick those boxes. If you go to Mass and you haven't killed anyone, you're good. That's pretty much it. Just go to Mass once a week, try not to kill anyone, and then you're okay. The idea of kind of growing in the faith, persevering in the faith, developing, deepening, going further, is a kind of unheard of. We just never really, we never saw, we never knew that was even the goal. We never, that's, we never knew that was what we were supposed to be doing. Um, <clears throat> about a yeah, generation ago-ish, there was an Irish rugby player, Peter Stringer, about yay high. Right? There was a very, very famous video, which you can, you can find on, on, on YouTube if you want later on, where Peter Stringer <laughs> takes on Jonah Lomu. Right? He was an all-black. That's, that's a team, by the way. It's not, uh, uh, well, I don't know, he must be six foot five or six. The guy was enormous. Like, he kind of looks like The Rock, as Dwayne Johnson. It looks very like him, actually. Just big, big guy, but big and Fast, like just a really uh, incredible combination. Just so often you'd see him with the ball, and he'd he'd one hand, you know, lads, 120, 130 kilos who are running at him. He just kind of one hand them as he's as he's charging with the ball. Unreal. The guy was a train. Uh, and there there are videos of Peter Stringer taking him on like a little terrier, you know, grabbing onto his ankles. And I think on one occasion he takes him down. And you can just imagine if you're Peter Stringer going, yay, like. I took down Jonah Lomu, and I, I just, I, 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 this is, this is, there are a couple of videos of him where there's, there's a rock near the, 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 the try line, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's us versus the All Blacks, like it's, it's, it's tight, it's close, it's unlike, and Peter Stringer goes in, boom, takes the fella down, then runs around the rock, boom, takes another fella down, and gets into position again, boom, takes another fella down, and you're looking at him going, you are a legend. Like, you could get squashed. <laughs> by any of these guys but you just keep going you just keep persevering why because the goal for you is crystal clear they're not getting that ball across the line they're not they're not 
we're not going to lose this. Like, this is my job. Take him down. And, and I love that kind of grit and determination because at times we need to have it. We need to kind of smack ourselves. And wake up. <laughs> we have further to go in this journey. We're not there yet. Don't stop. You know, I have to keep saying this to myself as well. Like, I'm not there. Just because you get ordained, just because you get a mission, just because whatever it is, you can't stop now. You can't, you, we, can't, we can't stop growing this relationship with the Lord now. This is no time to stop. We've got to keep moving. We have to keep moving forward towards the Lord, towards an ever greater you know, purification, towards an ever greater unity with him. That requires perseverance. So the, the goal has to be clear. We're not there yet. We're not, don't stop. We're not there yet. In today's reading, we have uh, the prophet Samuel, so King Saul started to, to become arrogant, become wayward, and become disobedient towards God. And so then God called Samuel, anoint a new king, anoint another king. And Samuel's reaction is, there still is a king, as in Saul is still alive. If I anoint a new king, he's going to kill me. The Lord said, you do it. Okay. Okay. So he goes to, to Jesse, um, and uh, even the, when, he, when he arrives at the town, the people are fearful. Seer, what, 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 what do you want here? Um, because like, if, uh, he was recognized as, as, as a prophet. Like, so if he's going to come and say, you know, change your ways or, hell, or, or fire will fall from heaven. So they didn't really kind of want to see him come out. What do you want? What, what is it? Can we help you? And he says, no, 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 I've just come to offer sacrifice. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's, uh, that's good. Good. We like offer, offer, offer all the sacrifices you want, my friend. Um, so, and he invites Jesse and, and, and asks to see his sons. Now, the, all this is very significant, right? He has to see his sons. And uh, as was very, very well read by, uh, by John today, he, he sees... Um, his various sons, right? So Shammah, there's Abinadab, and so on. Okay, then he sees all seven. The number seven is important here. What's seven a biblical number significant of? Completeness, fullness, totality, right? Uh, as was 12, for that matter. So it's like, you know, for us in, in, in modern English, like going 100 miles an hour or whatever it is, a millionaire, these big round numbers. For them, like it's seven and 12 and others. 144, 144,000. So these are all symbolic numbers. So seven, seven sons were seen and seven sons weren't him. Seven sons weren't the king, the future king, the man to be anointed. Then Samuel asked him, have you any others? Uh, well, yeah, there's David, I suppose. <laughs> number eight, outside of the seven. All right, number eight. And uh, yeah, he's, you should call him in, I suppose. <laughs> should God help us? As if he was Irish, she got to help us call in David. Sure, look, God help us. Uh, so they call in, they call in David, and he's the one to be anointed. He's the youngest, the smallest. Like he shouldn't have been the one. And he was, he was young. Like he was too young to be king anyway. But, but he's the one. And he's chosen, and he's anointed. Now we're going to see the, the standoff, the the battle between himself and Goliath tomorrow. So I won't go into that yet. But. There's genius in the Lord's choice, but he doesn't choose according to physical stature. He doesn't choose according to the eyes of the world or the values of the world. You know, you're rich, powerful, influential, charming, 
attractive. He doesn't choose according to those things. He chooses according to David's heart, to his interior life. And as we're going to see tomorrow, he's, he's not what we often think, even the way he's described here. Jesse sent for him a boy of fresh complexion, with fine eyes and pleasant bearing. We'll see tomorrow that this description, it lacks a little. There's, there's, there's a different side to, to David, which we'll see tomorrow. But his, here we see, Samuel's call here is to persevere even though what he's been asked to do is not easy. Uh, David's going to be anointed. His call will be to persevere even though Saul is going to start hunting him down. There's more to do. And then even when, when David becomes king, his, his vocation role is to persevere as king and remain a good king which he does for some of the time. Makes a couple of whoppers along the way. But like, just because you, you, Samuel could even say, look, I've become a prophet. I've done lots of good things. I'm done. I'm not doing this whole anointing. This is, this is going to cost me my head. Like, sure, I mean, how bad is Saul really like? I mean, we'll be okay. <laughs> you know, perseverance, it's, it's just, it's so easy for us to give up. Or it's so easy for us just to settle. I think rather than give up, just to settle where we are. And I think just if and when, hopefully it's a when, when we get to the eternal presence of the Lord, when we get to heaven and we see him as he is, we just, we will not regret any sacrifice we've made for him here. We won't. We will not regret any occasion when we had to renounce ourselves or any occasion when it was difficult and we had to push on. Anything that we consider a sacrifice down here, up there, we consider actually a grace that we were able to offer something back to God. When we're here, these things are hard. These things are hard. Sacrifice is always hard. Renouncing the desires of our hearts might be hard. Renouncing whatever, 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 whatever sacrifice the Lord is calling us to or whatever we know we're called to. It can be difficult here. But we know there's a, there's a big picture in all this. There's a book written by a guy called Thomas Cahill, I think it's a good name, uh, called How the Irish Saved Christianity, Civilization. How the Irish Saved Civilization. I haven't actually read it. I flicked through it and I read the index, so I've, I've, I'm feeling pretty confident. <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 an, it's a very interesting book, um, which I really must read in, in, in detail. But uh, have you read it? I shouldn't be asking you. Oh. Okay, well, correct me if I'm wrong then. But um, as regards, like, the monastic tradition in, in when Europe, when, see, when the Roman Empire fell. Or is that in it? Hopefully. Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm presuming certain things here now, if I'm honest. Uh, but when the Roman Empire fell, there was no kind of overall governing body in Europe anymore. So all sorts of different nations and powers and tribes start to sprout up and start taking each other down. Europe was in chaos. We, on our little insignificant island at the end of the known world, had a growing monastic tradition where they became, without us kind of necessarily planning it, they became centers of learning and centers of culture and monks who had gone to Europe and come back brought, brought back different farming techniques and writing language, all sorts of things, all sorts. Probably brewing as well, possibly. Um, so then, later on, we brought that back to Europe. 
And then this Christianity, which is so deeply rooted in our tradition as well, once the rest of the, the, the world, if you will, was discovered, you know, when people started going to Australia and then uh, Canada and America, we brought the faith over there. It was like, look at the globe, look at the little insignificant crumb that is Ireland. We're like David, we're like the, the eighth brother. Do you know, like we're, we don't matter. But look at what we did, not because of us, because of the faith, because of God in us. And that's how this works. It's not what we give him, it's what he does through us. We just, we just give him ourselves. We don't have to give him all of our amazing talents and abilities, just give him ourselves. This is, this, this, this is a, a wonderful expression in German which we use a bit in our community. Um, ein Haufen Elend. It just means a heap of misery. <laughs> it's very expressive. Like you're just a heap of misery. But you give that to the Lord and he can do great things. So we pray for that, for that grace. And that even though we're imperfect and flawed and, and not where we should be yet, that we might always persevere towards that great goal, that great goal of perfect unity with the Lord, that great goal of sanctity, ultimately that great goal of heaven, that we might never get complacent and settle for where we are today but that every day might be a step towards him, towards perfection, towards union with our Lord and Saviour.